My birthday was earlier this week, and as I reflected on being another year closer to putting over death in the main event, I found comfort in knowing who I am, good, bad, and indifferent. Over the years, I've come to realize I'm not like everyone else. I feel like an outsider because I am. I am a wolf amongst sheep, a grown man amongst boys. I march to the beat of my own drum. I am a leader, not a follower. I don't seek the approval of others to determine my self-worth or how I should live my life. I say what I mean and mean what I say. I can't be canceled or controlled. I'm not anywhere close to perfect, but I'm unapologetically me. And that makes weak men mad. Look no further than a tweet I received this week while asking for your mailbag questions. A troll with an obvious anonymous burner account asked why I wasn't accepted into the army. And then went on to tell another person I'm lying about being in the military. Now, forget for a moment the obvious to everyone who actually knows me in real life. That I went to basic combat training for nine weeks at Fort Jackson in between my junior and senior year of high school. Advanced individual training for 17 weeks at Fort Aberdeen Proving Ground after graduating high school. Drill every month at my assigned unit, the 133rd Engineering Battalion, Company C in Lewiston, Maine, and annual training in different locations every year. And I was put on 24-hour standby to go to Afghanistan twice, and I was activated for weeks for a natural disaster often referred to as the Maine Ice Storm of 1998. Forget that I was honorably discharged after six years from the Maine Army National Guard with an official DD-214. Those are all provable facts. I posted pictures in uniform and pictures from my basic combat training book. Forget that my friends and family all saw this happen. No thank yous for your service needed. None of those facts matter because a weak man who is jealous that he will never accomplish a tenth of what I have in life wants to discredit my greatness to others. This is an epidemic amongst weak men on social media behaving like beta pussies behind the safety of a keyboard in full anonymity. Now, if that troll's balls ever dropped, and he said that to my face, which would be his decision and his decision alone. He wouldn't have to worry about a mute or a block because I'd beat the shit out of him on sight. But he never will because he's a bitch, a pussy, a coward, a weak motherfucker who will never amount to anything in life. He will never be the man that I am which is why he hides behind a burner account on social media. And we must never forget that these weak men must be humiliated, ridiculed, embarrassed, 
and reminded every day of just how pathetic they are. He's taking the gloves off. He's talking in depth about pro wrestling, sports, pop culture, trending topics on social media, politics, and his crazy life. He's uncensored. He's unapologetic. He's media personality Brad Shepard. And he's unleashed. I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game now. I came here to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Put me on the stage now. I'm ready to rage now. I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the I'm top. ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Welcome to your weekly pro wrestling truth. Welcome to Brad Shepard Unleashed. Each and every Thursday, I bring the hot takes and important debates. But most importantly, I tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. But if you do like what you hear, you can hear more of it at patreon.com forward slash Brad Shepard Unleashed for just $4 per month. And while you're signing up for the Unleashed Patreon, Make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well at It's Brad Shepard. All right, I've got a fun show for you this week. So without further ado, it's time to take the gloves off. I want to start out the show by talking about the state of All Elite Wrestling, AEW. (sighs) Unleashed Army. Yours truly, Brad motherfucking Shepard. I hereby proclaim that I want to meet Tony Khan. I'm serious. I want to meet Tony Khan. Think about it. Tony and I could meet at a mutually agreed upon restaurant. We have a burger, some fries, and a beer. We finish up. And then I get to look him straight in his dilated eyes and stare into the depths of the soul of the stupid son of a bitch that has managed to tank The one wrestling company that had the best chance to compete with WWE. He blew it. For the past 20 years, nobody, not even TNA, has been able to do what AEW has done in terms of getting on a strong TV channel and building enough of a base audience that you have people who, at least at one time, were willing to pay good money to see your product. I need to look into the eyes of a guy that basically had a gift that you and I could never dream of. A 100 plus million dollar gift of money from 
Daddy Shad that he never, ever had to earn. And he was allowed to use that money however he wanted to. He was allowed to use it to sign whoever he wanted to in wrestling. And he blew it. I need to be face to face so I can see what this guy is made of. So I can come back on Brad Shepard Unleashed and report back what this clown is made of so that we all can do everything in our power to learn from his mistakes. Tony Khan may be the greatest loser in the history of sports entertainment. I'm serious. Now think about it. How do you blow over $100 million and essentially have nothing to show for it? A company operating in the red whose TV shows lose viewers every year? See, I thought after the Big Swall drama, the Max Caster drama, the Rebby Sky and Matt Hardy drama, the Jeff Hardy drama, the Brian Cage drama, the Chavo Guerrero drama, all of the Britt Baker drama, the Thunder Rosa drama, the MJF drama, the Eddie Kingston drama, the CM Punk Bucks and Omega drama, the Aleister Black drama, the Buddy Murphy drama, the Andrade El Idolo drama, all of the Sammy Guevara drama, including him allegedly throwing punches at Andrade backstage at this week's Dynamite. And I'm probably missing quite a few. But the point is, I believed he had a chance to finally figure this dumpster fire out. But he didn't. He's got immature goofs like Sammy Guevara taking their backstage beefs public and it's making the entire company look bad. But here's the thing. Between AEW and Fulham FC and the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony Khan has experience in sports management. So in theory, he should understand the basic concept of locker room chemistry. So why is it he didn't know Sammy Guevara was a Category 5 disaster and a cancer to the locker room? He hadn't figured that out yet, or he just didn't care. I don't know. He's bragging about big-name signings and demos and Melter's Booker of the Year award in his dirt sheet and five-star matches and million-dollar gates. But think about it. With over... $100 million of daddy's money spent. The only thing wrestling fans are talking about today in regards to AEW is their failures. And as a wrestling fan, I'm pissed off because WWE is vulnerable right now. Noseman Paul is so consumed with stroking his ego by trying to prove he's a better booker of modern wrestling than Vince McMahon was, that Noseman Paul is out there putting on what is largely a complete shit show 
and trying to pass it off as good wrestling. An emphasis on work rate and long fake matches and women's wrestling and indie style flippers and talent who just don't look like superstars. I would propose to you that while they'll never be bigger than the WWE machine, if Tony Khan had his shit together, AEW would be in a significantly better position compared to where they are today with WWE. You tune into Raw, what do you see? You've got Noseman Paul forcing Bobby Lashley to bump for Mustafa Ali. Are you kidding me? You've got Braun Strowman taking bumps and being suplexed by mid-card tag team wrestler Chad Gable. Dakota Kai is in the main event. What in the entire fuck is this guy thinking? WWE TV is a mess right now because Noseman Paul sucks at booking. But Tony Khan is too busy sliding into fans' DMs who dare criticize his TV shows on social media to do anything about it. AEW's backstage drama is far more interesting than whatever coked-up nonsense they're putting on TV, and that's why people have turned the channel. That's why they aren't moving tickets at live events like they once were. Warner Brothers Discovery pulled AEW programming in the Caribbean. Is that an indicator they won't be on Warner Brothers Discovery in America for much longer? I don't know, but AEW and Tony Khan are running out of time to get their act together. Let's talk about the week that was in the NFL. Week four, a wild season already continuing. Bengals 27, Dolphins 15, Tua Tagalova with a brutal concussion out of the game, and uh, that killed the Dolphins' chances. They lose to a Bengals team who finally looked like they were starting to get their groove back on offense. Vikings 28, Saints 25. Uh, Kirk Cousins is still garbage, but the Saints... Well, they had uh, Big Red Andy Dalton at quarterback, and more importantly, the key to their offense, Alvin Kamara, missed this game. He'll be back in the upcoming weekend, but when Kamara's out, the Saints just don't win. Browns 20, Falcons 23. Browns get a Brown. They did it again. They let the Falcons come back and take the win. The Browns are the Browns. Bills 23, Ravens 20. This was a battle of two AFC juggernauts. Ultimately, the Bills proved they're the better team, and they came back down 17, while Lamar Jackson, in his final year of his contract with no extension, he once again choked in a big game situation in the end when it mattered most and that's what we see Lamar do year after year good quarterback playoff quarterback but in the most important moments 
He is not clutch. Commanders 10, Cowboys 25. Uh, Cooper Rush, uh, he played good. Carson Wentz, yeah, he did not. Now we have a quarterback controversy brewing in Dallas. You keep Cooper Rush. What about Dak Prescott when he returns? A $40 million a year quarterback. Does that make sense? Stay tuned. Seahawks 48, Lions 45. Antonio Brown in Dubai showed more D than either of these teams. Brutal. Chargers 34, Texans 24. The Chargers finally looked a little better on offense. And uh, Texans tried it. They almost, they came back a little bit. They got a little closer. Um, But uh, this was uh, far and away. Chargers in control. They win this game. Titans 24, Colts 17. This was a fun game. The Colts did close in the lead. But ultimately, the Titans were able to hold them off. The Colts are improving a little bit each and every week. Bears 12, Giants 20. Oh, wow. The Giants win again. Now, granted, it's against a lot of not very good teams. But what about those Giants? Jaguars 21, Eagles 29. Jaguars tried to close the gap. They made it a little closer at the end than it was. The Eagles looked really good as they have been. Uh, They are the most high-powered offense in the NFL and they proved it again here. Jets 24, Steelers 20. The Jets get it done. It was nitty, it was gritty, it was not always pretty, but they did their job. And in Pittsburgh, the Mitch Trubisky experiment finally appears to be over. This guy is awful. Cardinals 26, Panthers 16. Man, the Panthers are absolute trash this year. Baker Mayfield has been a disappointment. It's time to fire Matt Rule in Carolina. They're just not good. Patriots 24, Packers 27. This uh, was a surprising game to a lot of people. We're in Lambeau. We don't have Matt Jones. It was a very close game. The Patriots had the lead. And uh, Packers ultimately come back. The game goes to overtime. The Packers win near the end of overtime. The Patriots had a chance. But Bill Belichick, he played conservative ball and went to overtime instead of taking a shot down the field. He didn't have Brian Hoyer. He got injured in the beginning of the game. They were with third-string QB Bailey Zappi, who he clearly didn't trust. And it cost him. Rodgers got the ball in overtime, drove down the field. And they got the field goal to seal the deal. Broncos 23, Raiders 32. This was a majorly disappointing game for the Broncos. What else can you say? Uh, It's just, it's not a great situation. Russell Wilson, they've got some key players on offense. Uh, Javante injured. He's down for the season, torn ACL. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Broncos from here. There's some talent on the team. The coach isn't good, and they haven't put things together yet. Chiefs 41, Buccaneers 31. 
The story of this game was simple. The Kansas City Chiefs absolutely dominated the time of possession, nearly 200 rushing yards against this alleged outstanding Buccaneers defense that allowed them to hold on to the ball, keep it out of Tom Brady's hands. Brady, by the way, completed 75% of his passes, nearly 400 yards and touchdowns. The guy was exceptional as always. He just didn't have the ball in his hands enough. Rams 9, 49ers 24. Uh, the Rams are a good team who always have a tough game against the 49ers. Jimmy G got it done. This guy is more up and down than an elevator. You don't know how he's going to play one week to the next. But Debo Samuel, what a stud that guy is. He puts the offense on his back. And they beat a very good Rams team. All right, my picks for this coming week. The Colts over the Broncos. I'll take the Packers over the Giants. The Bills over the Steelers. The Chargers over the Browns. The Jaguars over the Texans. The Vikings over the Bears. Lions over the Patriots. The Seahawks over the Saints. The Jets over the Dolphins. In my upset of the week, the Buccaneers over the Falcons. The Titans over the Commanders. The 49ers over the Panthers. The Eagles over the Cardinals. The Rams over the Cowboys. The Ravens over the Bengals. And the Chiefs over the Raiders. All right, let's talk about WWE's Extreme Rules Premium Live event. Of course, it is this Saturday, October 8th. They're coming. They are coming. All right, let's run down the card. There could certainly be a match or two. This is what we've got now. So let's talk about it. The Extreme Rules match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship match. It's Liv Morgan, the champion, versus Ronda Rousey. Oh, my. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this I've been talking about consistently. Vanilla Ice Cream, Liv Morgan. The way they've booked her like Superwoman is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, she beat up Lacey Evans and put her through a table. She beat Ronda Rousey twice. She beat Shayna Baszler. And... In reality, she doesn't look believable against any of them. Totally ridiculous. Uh, Ronda Rousey, if she doesn't win here, then this is just completely pathetic. Cle yeah, it really is completely burying her. Uh, I, I wouldn't get it at all. Uh, they got to move on from Liv Morgan. She's just not good at all. Like She's just not a good pro wrestler. She certainly should not be a WWE champion. You got to put the strap on Ronda. It's significantly better as an option than Vanilla Ice Cream Liv Morgan. Uh, this match is not going to be very good. It's just not believable. Ronda having to sell for Liv whatsoever. We can only hope it is short. All right. The fight pit match with Daniel Cormier, UFC legend, serving as the special guest referee. It's Matt Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. This could be very interesting. So this is kind of an updated modern lion's den. Uh, there's no Ken Shamrock. There's a Daniel Cormier instead. I'll be interested to see what the structure is like, how they work it. Uh, this is going to be different than anything in the card. It's a little bit of a wild card. You don't know what to expect. 
but it should be at least interesting and entertaining. Strap match. Oh, by the way, can we, before I move on, can we just get these guys to, you know, come out for this fight pit match and pretend that this is at least serious? Look, we know this shit is, is faker than Pamela Lee's tits, but we want them to at least pretend that this is real and that they're serious about it. Otherwise, why would we possibly care in the moment? There is no believability. You got Seth Rollins knocking off Matt Riddle's cap on Raw, walking out after a heated face-to-face. And, and what happens? Riddle starts dancing and smiling and his music plays. What the hell is wrong with these morons? I mean, this isn't rocket science. If you're pissed off, if you're angry, if you want to kick their ass, you're not smiling. You're not sliding by and strolling around on a scooter or doing an Elton John cosplay. You're taking this shit serious. That's what I want to see in this fight pit match. All right, strap match. It's Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross. He'll have Scarlett in his corner. This is certainly one of the bigger matches on the card. Obviously, there's no championship involved, but the way Drew McIntyre has been presented, the way they have presented Karrion Cross since his return, I, I just hope this is not another case of Drew McIntyre being made to look strong and protected after not beating Roman at Clash of the Castle. I want to see Karrion Cross win this. I definitely think there is uh, more intrigue and what they can do with Cross uh, versus Drew McIntyre. We've seen what Drew can do, and he put us all to sleep. A ladder match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. It's Bianca Belair, the champion. She'll have Alexa Bliss and Asuka in her corner versus Bailey. She'll have the other members of Damage Control in her corner, Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Kai and Sky, very, very boring uh, group of wrestlers here. Not over. Not working, no heat. I, I don't care about this match whatsoever. This has done nothing to help Bianca. Uh, Bailey has been a major disappointment since her return. Nobody cares about Kai and Sky. Uh, this is certainly, you have to think, the match on the show that everybody is looking forward to the least. All right, the I Quit match, it's Edge versus Finn Balor. You'll have Judgment Day in his corner, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Rhea Ripley. By the way, have you noticed Dominic looks like an Olive Garden waiter? Someone pointed that out to me. I said, you know what? After I thought about it, and I've been to Olive Garden, I'm like, damn, you're right. He actually does look like an Olive Garden waiter. Uh, but hopefully he'll do better as a heel than a babyface uh, because that was it was just not working. And. Judgment Day has just not been working for me. So hopefully we will see Edge go over. And uh, six-man tag team, good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. Yeah, whatever that means. But it's the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch versus Imperium, Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci. Now, right now... They've got something going with Sheamus. I'd like to see him keep that momentum. I'd like to see him get the Intercontinental Championship rematch and beat Gunther. Um, hopefully the Brawling Brutes will take this one. 
And finally, it's time for one of my favorite segments each and every week. It's time for the mailbag. I'm going to answer your questions. Who do you think the Patriots need besides Tom Brady? <laughs> well, they're not getting Tom back. They blew that one. That's on Belichick as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, Mac Jones, the jury is out on him. Yeah, I'm certainly not the biggest believer in him, but I think he has an opportunity to be fairly good and, and to still win games as long as he has pieces around him. Um, obviously, with his injury, we'll see. This is a big season for him. It's a big season for Belichick, in my opinion, in the post-Tom Brady era in New England because they're just not winning without him. Uh, so th this is looking like another really rough season for New England. It's looking like third or fourth place in the division. What do they need? They need a quarterback. I think they have a, a decent running game. They got to have a good defense, and and it's one of those reasonably good bend but don't break Belichick defenses. Ultimately, they just need some playmakers, uh, and in my opinion, those playmakers in particular need to come on offense. Their offense has just not been good enough uh, for for what the defense can do. So, I'd say let's get a let's get a playmaker at wide receiver in. And let's make sure that Mac Jones is the guy. And if not, move on. That's what they need to do. But until they can do all of that, just grinding it out, getting coached up, they've got the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick. And they just have to keep learning from their mistakes and, uh, and practicing. We saw Montez Ford in a boot on Monday. Any word of it serious or minor? Yeah, so my understanding is that it was a minor sprain. So he'll miss extreme rules and, you know, the next few weeks or whatever. Uh, but he will eventually come back. It's not a major injury. So that's the good news. Do you think the scissor me daddy gimmick is a gay handshake? Or does it mean they want to have sex with other men? That's a good question. I think this is a very weird thing. It's like a very dorky sort of weird thing that it's a very in the bubble sort of thing uh, that like your average person would find very weird or just wouldn't connect with them. Uh, so it just kind of is what it is. It's over with the AEW audience for sure. And so, hey, keep doing it. But uh, I, I don't know what it means. I don't get it at all. I, I actually have no idea. Like, I, I guess I just I'm one of those old out of touch guys because it's just not resonating with me uh, the way it is uh, obviously these AEW fans we see on TV. If Tony Khan was on AEW every week as fully coke Tony, would the viewership go up? Also, happy birthday. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the belated birthday wish. That's uh, it's very nice of you. Um, so Tony Khan, yeah, there, there's an advantage to this guy coming out like uh, Herb Abrams to the 10th power and just letting it all hang out on live TV. Absolutely. Will it be a train wreck? Absolutely. Will it be anything different or anything worse than they're putting on TV right now? Of course not. It'll be the most compelling thing on that TV show. It's not very good. 
Your thoughts on the Houston Texans and their quarterback, Davis Mills. Um, you know, I mean, I think the jury's out on him a little bit, but I'm not overly impressed. You know, I need to see more from him, but right now he's averaging about 227 yards, two touchdowns between passing and rushing, and then uh, one interception per game. So those are his per-game stats. And, and when I look at those, I'm like, yeah, you know, could it be worse? Yeah, it could definitely be a lot better. Uh, so he's on the low end of average for me at best. Uh, but again, I need to see more from him. You know, the Texans are just not a very good team. What is the best and worst horror movie you've watched? That's a great question. Uh, I really enjoyed the Scream movies. Uh, probably my all-time favorite series is Saw. So I'd definitely pick one of the Saw movies, perhaps the original. Uh, and in worst, uh, what was that horror movie that CM Punk was in, that indie shit fest where he, he gets cummed on or something? I don't know. It would probably be that one. All right. That's the show, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with a new episode next week, and you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brad Shepard Unleashed. Unleashed. Stay connected to Brad 24-7 for news, announcements, and analysis by following him on Twitter at It's Brad Shepard. You've been listening to Brad Shepard Unleashed. Unleashed.